Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. I don't know about you, but have you, when you saw the Olympics and the opening ceremony and the closing ceremony of the Olympics, or when you've watched on TV, you've watched the cricket or the football uh, or the tennis, and you see the camera zooms in on someone in the crowd. And when it zooms in on someone in the crowd and they are then on the big screen... Uh, you see them go, oh, look at me, you know, I'm there, and they wave or they, they do something um, because they, they realise that they've been noticed and they realise that someone's, you know, caught their attention and you may have seen, I don't know, this year at, at Wimbledon, I think it was Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise, the camera zoomed in on Tom Cruise. I don't know if you're, anyone saw this, but and Tom Cruise, you know, stood up, took a bow, waved to everyone, as if he needed anyone to notice him. Um, but he was noticed, and uh, you know, there's a bit of controversy about Tom Cruise, you know, saying, you know, I'm here. But it's good when we're noticed, and we like to be noticed. And even if you're part of a crowd, generally, you want people to notice you, unless you're one of those people who go, no, I don't want anyone to notice me. And being noticed is important. Um, this last Sunday night, I was with, with a small group, with my little boys group of uh, three 15-year-old boys, and one of them said to me, Barry, you look different. Have you had a haircut? <laughs> and I just had to laugh because, you know, I have a haircut every week. And, um, you know, every week I get it out and, you know... And, and I had more than one haircut. You know, there is more than one up here, but I had the haircut. But he noticed that I'd had a haircut. Um, some of you um, men know how important it is to notice when someone else has a haircut. Uh, it's very important, isn't it? Um, you know, goes and spends the money at the hairdresser and comes home, and, and if you don't notice, you will get notice. <laughs> that you haven't noticed the haircut. Very important. Isn't that Wendy's going like this? Yeah, very important. Um, being noticed is really, really important to each and every one of us. And uh, uh, sometimes, what about when you're sick? When you're not well and you haven't been well, maybe you're at home or maybe you're in hospital and you're just missing family or friends and you're on your own or maybe you're caring for one of your own children and you just wonder... Does anyone care? Does anyone notice what I'm going through at the moment? Being noticed is really important. You know, a long time ago, before there were hospitals, there was a, there was a little girl who was very, very sick. This girl was so sick that she was lying at home uh, on her deathbed. She was about to die. Now, in those days, before hospitals were ever uh, built, when you were sick, you had two options. You either had to stay at home in bed, or if you had a different sort of sickness, you had to be outside of the community and you couldn't even be with family or friends. This was what it was like a long time ago. And one day, this 12-year-old girl who got so sick, uh, as she was lying in her bed, they realised that the parents realised that doctors didn't have what it takes to get her well. There were no medicines to get her well. It was in the time before paramedics. There wasn't paramedics around to take people to a hospital because there wasn't a hospital to go to. And so the father of this 12-year-old girl was desperate because he wanted his little girl to live. The father was 
a leader of the local community. He was a religious man. His job was to oversee the worship at the local synagogue. What his job was was to make sure that the service, services were held in order and also that the building was looked after. He had a very responsible job in that community. Part of his job was also to make sure that anyone who was sick wasn't allowed to come into the synagogue. That was his job. His name is Jairus. Uh, and uh, we know this story from, from the scriptures. Jairus loves his daughter. He loves his little girl who's 12, who's about to die, and he will do anything to make her well. Jairus hears about Jesus, and hears that Jesus is a, has, a, has the power to heal, the power to transform, and the power to make life better. And a big crowd comes together in Jairus' hometown because Jesus has arrived in town. And Jairus hears that Jesus has arrived and what he does as the community leader, he goes to Jesus and you imagine this, a community leader who's a Jew goes and falls at the front of Jesus and falls down at his feet. That's a very humble act for a community leader to do, to go to the teacher, Jesus, and to fall at his feet. And he says, Jesus... I want you to come to my home. I want you to please, with your hands, lay your hands on my daughter, touch her so that she will be healed and well because she's dying and I don't want her to die. When, when Jairus says this to Jesus, Jesus immediately starts heading towards Jairus' house. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is that Jesus doesn't say anything to Jairus. He just starts heading to his house. And as they're on the way going there, what happens is there's this uh, another daughter. Another daughter. Now, this, this daughter, she's also in desperate need of being healed. We don't know her name, but she know, we know that she was very sick. In fact, she was, she was so sick that it, she was probably also not too far off dying as well. We don't, the Bible doesn't say that, but when you look at the medical condition she had, she probably didn't have much time left. And what's interesting, when Jairus and his wife had a baby girl 12 years earlier, and they celebrated the birth of that little girl, at that same time, this daughter, this older woman now, we don't know her name, but at that time, this woman started to have a medical condition, a serious medical condition that meant that she wouldn't stop bleeding. She has been bleeding for 12 years. Her body has not stopped bleeding for 12 years. And because of that, she couldn't stay at home in, with her own family. She had to live outside the community and she was basically treated as a social outcast because everywhere she went, she had to shout out these words to warn the people that she was coming. Unclean. Unclean. That was what, that's what she had to do. And so she'd shout out these words so that people would steer clear of who she was and not be near her. She was basically living in some sort of isolation. And this woman, you know, we've had lockdown. We had lockdown for four months, didn't we? July through to October. In that time, we were unable to, or not meant to, go to other people's houses. Uh, 
not meant to go to church. There were some things we could do, like go to the market, get our food. But, uh, you know, there's lots of things we couldn't do. And that was, that was pretty hard for July, August, September, and October. Imagine what it would have been like for this woman who, for January, February, March, April, May, all the way through to December, for one year, for two years, for three years, for 12 years, this woman wasn't able to visit her family she wasn't able to visit friends. She wasn't able to participate in worship. She wasn't able to go to the local place of worship. She wasn't able to do any of those things for 12 years. I want you to get a feeling of what that would have been like. But not only that, she was sick, very, very sick. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. This was one of those sicknesses that she had to stay away from people. She couldn't get married. She couldn't go to church. She couldn't eat with people. She couldn't go out for dinner with anyone. She was living the life of a very lonely soul. And what's interesting here in this story is this amazing contrast. Here you have Jairus, the community leader of the leader of the synagogue, comes and falls at Jesus' feet and desperately asked Jesus to heal his daughter. And then you have this outcast from the community, this woman, coming to Jesus, and her thought is, I'm not going to go directly in front of Jesus, I have to come up from behind. And so she comes up from behind, she's so desperate, and she touches the hem of Jesus' cloak, because she thinks, if I can just touch that, I will be well. The Bible says this about this woman. In Mark, it says this, that she had suffered so much, a great deal, under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she had got worse. Doctors couldn't heal her. Medicines couldn't heal her. There were no paramedics to take her to a hospital. There were no hospitals to try and make her better. She had no money left. She's penniless. And she's desperate for Jesus. And she goes to Jesus. And what happens is when she hears about Jesus and touches him, Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? It's fascinating. And what happens here is Peter says, come on, Jesus. Um, there are crowds of people pressing in on you, around you, close to you, and you're asking, who touched me? Why does Jesus say, who touched me? The reason he says that is he wants this woman to have a voice. He wants this woman to be able to speak up and tell her story. He wants this woman who's been an outcast to now then be included in the community. It's a powerful story that is not just about her healing. It's about her being restored to the worshipping community and to community life. It's a powerful story. What if there's more to the story? There's a lot more to this story than when you first look at it. And so what happens is, is, is Jesus invites her to tell her story. And so the Bible says that what she does says this. The woman, seeing that she could um, not go unnoticed, she couldn't go unnoticed. See, she was one of those people that, that if, the, if the crowd... You know, if she was part of the crowd, which she was, and if the, if the camera zoomed in on her, she would be one of those ones who would go like this. 
I don't want anyone to see that I'm here. Why? Because for 12 years I've lived a life of shame and uncleanness and not being part. I don't want anyone to know. But Jesus invites her to speak. And so she tells her whole story. Meanwhile, Jairus, the community leader, whose daughter is at home dying in her bed, I wonder how he's responding to this. What's going on in his heart and mind as his little girl's dying? I wonder if he would have thought, like I probably would have thought, woman, you are interrupting Jesus getting to my house. Woman, my daughter's dying and you're here taking up Jesus' time. Can, can you get what he would be? He would have been really struggling. And as soon as, um, as, soon as Jesus um, tells this girl, you know, daughter, your faith has healed you, go in peace. As soon as that happens, Jesus says to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe she's going to be okay. This is after the news of this daughter's actually dying. One of the reasons I'm sharing these two stories with you is this. I want us to understand something really important and yet so simple. Jesus cares for the daughter of every dad. It's that simple. Jesus cares for every daughter of every dad. He cares for the daughters that are outcasts. He cares for the daughters of the community leaders. Jesus cares for every daughter of every dad. And Jesus wants every daughter of every dad to be healed, to be restored, to be loved, and to be cared for, and to be in relationship with him. When someone from Jairus' house comes to him and comes to Jairus and says, your daughter is not just sick, she's now actually died, Jesus says, no, don't believe that. She's going to be okay. And what happens is Jesus goes to the house and what happens is there's Peter, James and John and the mum and the dad, and Jesus goes to the little girl. And when she goes to the little girl, there's this group of people who are crying and wailing, and they're really, really sad because the daughter has died. And Jesus says this. He says, don't you worry about this. She hasn't died. She's just asleep. And as soon as Jesus says that, these people who have been bawling their eyes out, wailing and crying, start laughing. Why do they go from being crying to start laughing? What do you think it is, Harper? Because they don't believe she's sleeping. Yeah, they believe that she's actually dead. And part of the reason, and, and she actually had died, but what happened was that when the reason they, they laughed is because they really were, they, they didn't really care. They didn't really care for this girl who died because for them to just change so quickly, they were actually mocking Jesus and they didn't believe Jesus. And it's so important that we believe Jesus. And what happened is that Jesus said, 
little girl. He touched her. He came up to the little girl, the little 12-year-old girl. Anyone here who's 12? She's 12. Ah, she's 12. Anyone here the, uh, the daughter of someone who might be perceived as a community leader? Who looks after a building? Make sure the order of worship goes well. I'm not Jesus, though, and I'm not Jairus. But Jesus grabs this little girl by the hand and says, little girl, hop up. You don't have to get up. But... And, and, and so this is a very powerful story, and she gets up, and she's all good, and she's all fine. Jesus cares for every daughter of every dad. One other quick little story this morning. There's a little man I want to introduce you to. He's the son of a mum. He's a son of a mum. And uh, he wanted to be noticed. In fact, as he was growing up, he was always the little guy. And as the little guy, he wanted people to notice him. And so when he got older, he got a job. And his job was to be the local tax collector. His job was to collect off his fellow Jews the taxes. And what that meant is he became very rich, but he also became, in his community, one of the most hated people in the community because he was ripping off his fellow Jews. He became famous. Everyone knew who he was, but they knew him and they, they knew who he was for a different reason. And one of the things about Zacchaeus is when Jesus came to town, there was a big crowd. There was always a crowd when Jesus came to town. And when Jesus came to town, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. And instead of being what, doing what Jairus does and comes up and falls at the feet of Jesus, and instead of doing what the woman does and comes up behind Jesus, this guy can't get near the crowd. He wants to see Jesus, so he climbs a bunya tree, oh no, a, a, a fig tree. He climbs a tree. And when he climbs this tree and Jesus walks past, Jesus notices him. See, Jesus notices in a crowd, Jesus notices the individual. He noticed he noticed Jairus, he notices the woman, and he notices in the crowd the guy up the tree. Jesus notices everyone. And I want to say to you today, Jesus notices you. There may never be a camera that zooms in on who you are in a football match or an Olympic stadium, but there is a God in heaven who zooms in on you every day. He sees you, he loves you, he cares for you, he knows you, and he's for you. And so when Jesus zooms in on, Jira, on, on, on um, this guy Zacchaeus, this tax collector, Jesus goes up to him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And so what happens is Jesus stays at Zacchaeus' house, and this was a way of Jesus saying, I accept you. You know, if someone saw you out in the street and said, I'm coming to your house today, you'd probably think that's a weird thing to say. And it is. But in those days, for Jesus to say that to Zacchaeus, he was saying, Zacchaeus, I see you. I love you. I accept you. And by me coming to your house, I'm welcoming you. And that's how Jesus treats us. He loves us. He cares for us. He notices and he sees us. And I think it's fascinating what happens because Zacchaeus was really not just a little man physically. He was a little man in his heart as well. Because every one of his actions was all about lining his own pocket, looking after himself, taking care of who he was and what his 
needs were. But something happens when he meets Jesus. He changes. And the change is so radical that everyone in the town gets a tax refund. That's a pretty radical. Everyone who he's cheated, he says, I'm now going to pay him back four times what I, what I stole off them. Jesus changes Zacchaeus. And what, the reason I share the story today about Zacchaeus is this, that Jesus cares for every son of every mum. And if there's two things I want you to take home from today, and that's this, Jesus cares deeply for every daughter of every dad, and Jesus cares deeply for every son of every mum. It's that simple. And so what I want us to do now is just to ask ourselves this question. A few questions. Here's the first one. Do you realise that Jesus notices you? Do you realise that? He notices you. Second question. Do you notice people? Do you notice people? When there's a crowd, do you notice the outcast? Do you notice the one who's in need? Do you notice? Third question. Who in your life is a daughter of a dad that you could show care to? Fourth question. Who is the son of a mum that you could show care to and love and show them what Jesus is like? I'll leave it at that for questions. But my prayer today is that God has inspired you, encouraged you and helped you, but that he's also challenged you to be a person who notices, notices the daughters and notices the sons. And be a person who, like Jesus, when someone is outside of the group, you include them in the group. Because what's fascinating about this story for Jairus was not only did he have to eat humble pie and come and kneel at Jesus' feet and ask for his daughter, he also likely had to then say to this woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, you can now come to church. Because it's highly possible that 12 years earlier, Jairus was the very one who said to this woman, you can't come to church because you have, you're unclean. There's more to this story. And I pray that today you've seen some insights into this story that maybe you'd never seen before and that God has encouraged you in it. You know, in a moment, we're going to share in communion. And if you haven't yet picked up your communion, there is some communion uh, cups available out there. And I want to invite you, this is an opportunity for us to remember Jesus and to thank him that he includes us in his story and that he loves us and he values us. So I want to invite you, the team are going to lead us in a song and during that song, I want to invite you to take part in communion. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.